funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, colors some sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest people I know. Hello world and welcome to the funniest people I know podcast and radio show. George, TJ, and Alex are all on the line. We're all in various states of tiny closets mm-hmm. across Atlanta. The city is on lockdown in Fulton County, which is basically the city of Atlanta. There will be a misdemeanor charge if you are found breaking the shelter in place and up to a thousand dollar fine and 12 months in jail. TJ, are you ready to go to jail? Hey, Keisha ain't playing, y'all. She will tell your ass to go back inside and I'm totally fine with that. I am just sitting on my couch watching Tiger King and just enjoying life at the moment. What does it take to violate this? I don't have time to be fine. I need details, please. They'll take that stimulus money right back out of your pocket. And we don't have time for that. No. As far as I understand it, if you engage in what's considered non-essential travel, you could be fine. So I imagine if you're just out having a picnic in the park, chances are a police officer is going to come up and fine your ass a thousand bucks. Oh, wow. Well, that is good to know. I was planning on having a picnic in the park tomorrow, so scratch that. This is really just a public service. We just saved you so much time and money. Alexandria and I found a social distancing hack, George, that I want to share with you. Okay. What did you do? We just so happened to do our essential grocery shopping at the exact same time at the exact same Kroger and safely got to spend a little time together in the frozen food aisle. By coincidence? Yeah, yeah, total coincidence. On the record, legally, for the sake of argument and legality and lack of a misdemeanor, it was a complete accident. Mm-hmm. I want to go to a picnic at the Kroger. It was really nice. If we could have actually hung out, I think we would have pulled up chairs in front of the meat section. Well, maybe not for Will, since he's no longer. We could have sat in produce. Yeah, I could have brought a camping chair to the produce section. But, you know, TJ, I got to let you know, Alexandria is such a survivalist. That while we were shopping, she picked up the essential gallon of kombucha. Yeah, that makes sense. You got to have your kombucha. Protect your immune system. Exactly. That's going to keep you from getting infected. Alexandria, does it double as hand sanitizer? Is that what you were doing? (laughs) It's a part of a homemade hand sanitizer recipe I found on Pinterest. Well, we had a great time. Folks, we hope you're doing okay. I'm sure you're crawling up the walls. I know I was today. I actually got into some woodworking, wrote some comedy, which was cool. I'm doing a 30-day guitar challenge. You don't have to be productive, but on some level, you also might as well do something cool because we're all stuck inside. So if you can curb the anxiety a little to be productive, Go for it. Funny people, what are you doing? Let's start with George. What have you been doing in this quarantine other than trying to save your business? (laughs) Mostly I've been turning my bar into a grocery store. (laughs) I thought I opened a bar, but lately I've been selling a lot more raw ground beef and steaks. It's almost become a prime service because I'm also delivering for our neighbors on the streets and now we sell ice cream 
and we sell dresses. It's become a really interesting twist on the business. I got in trouble this weekend because even though we've bent the rules to allow to sell beer and wine over the internet, I guess selling liquor over the internet is a bit much. I got a call from the county and they're like, sir, you're not allowed to sell Bloody Marys at brunch on Sundays online anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. For all the people who really enjoyed Bloody Marys one Sunday, I guess we were allowed to be illegal, but not that illegal. You were selling Bloody Marys online? Yeah. For a minute, you could buy a cocktail or a Bloody Mary on my website. And then they called me and they're like, no, no, you can sell beer and wine. You cannot sell Bloody Marys and cocktails. <laughs> oh, my gosh. George, I want to know how many dresses are actually being grocery delivered. You have a restaurant in a small town in Georgia, and you've had a lot of folks who are afraid to go out, and you've actually turned into effectively the Amazon Prime of this small town where your restaurant is, right? Oddly enough, that's kind of what I've done. We just connected with some of the shops nearby, and they turned their stores into online stores, and they made one of the options to have us do the delivery. You can go online and buy some dresses or some decorations for your house, and then also go buy some groceries and a beer and a bottle of wine and have it all delivered within an hour. It's like better than Prime. <laughs> Explain the dresses. I understand everything but the apparel. <laughs> There's a dress shop down the street, and you can place your order online with them for like a dress. And mm -hmm. then choose your delivery option as us. So she has us listed as delivery. And then they bag the item up and they bring it over to our restaurant. And then the person orders something from the restaurant, like a hamburger or a pound of steaks. And they get their food, their wine, and their dress delivered to their house within the county. This makes sense. We shouldn't let a quarantine keep us from looking our best, I always say. Exactly. <laughs> Some people need a new Easter dress, even if they are going to just be in the house. Exactly. My birthday and anniversary is this month. I want to look as fly as possible from my couch if that's what it takes. I think you should. I think you should get real fancy. Exactly, George. You're providing a community service. This is charity, actually. <laughs> what you're doing is really heroic. I'm not making any money. It's definitely charity. <laughs> I also imagine, George, that Easter Sunday church service is soon going to be happening over Zoom. I don't imagine that you'd want to be seen in the same dress as last year, even digitally, right? Not even digitally, no. That would be so tacky. Everyone will be side chatting about it. George, what is the weirdest <laughs> order you've received so far? Today I got an order and I commented on it because you could tell the person had the munchies because the order prints out exactly as you order it. So they wanted a pretzel and then they wanted some ice cream and then they're like, you know what, I want a burger, but I still want some more ice cream. And they're like, oh, I also want a brownie. And like, oh, you know what, we should also get a salad and two euros. And so like the order just kept building and then adding more and more ice cream. So they ended up getting like six pints of ice cream. So I just imagine it was somebody who has crazy munchies and is super indecisive and ordered $95 <laughs> worth of food, including a pound of flour, which was so random because it was the only grocery item they bought. And it's like your stoned ass is going to be surprised when you find that pound of flour in there. <laughs> I was going to make a cake. What can I say? PJ, I knew this was your order. Yeah. It sounded just like you. Whatever happened to consumer privacy? The news has been saturated lately, folks, with coronavirus. And I don't know about you, but I, for one, am a little sick of it. Yeah, 
It's overwhelming. Producer Jane has sent us a few news stories that has absolutely nothing to do with coronavirus. So for our next segment, we're going to get into some news that maybe you haven't heard about because the whole world is dealing with this crazy pandemic. Woman fights cougar with Metallica. (laughs) What? Explain. Forestry worker Dee Gallant, 45, was walking with her 115-pound husky retriever, Murphy, on a remote logging road a half-hour's drive from her home in Duncan on Vancouver Island, British Columbia. It wasn't long before she realized they weren't alone. A cougar popped out of the woods and began staring at her. The cougar and I just stared at each other as I told it off. I called it a bad kitty. I said I'd fight him and yelled other things to see if it would leave. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. TJ, what do you think of her choice to say bad kitty? That is something else to call an older woman, I say. (laughs) Hey, lady, get out of here. No, she called the cougar bad kitty. Yeah, a cougar. It's an older lady looking for... Are you being funny or do you really think this is about an older, attractive woman? Is this a woman? <laughs> what, who are we talking about? What? TJ, um, it's a real it's cougar. A oh, it's an animal. I, what? I prefer the image that TJ has. I like right? that this woman and her big ass dog are going for a hike and then they come across an older woman out looking for a young man and she goes, bad kitty. <laughs> it's Carol. It's Carol Baskin. Carol, yes, it's Carol. Oh gosh, how did she make her way all the way up here? TJ, Dee Galland was walking with her husky and saw a real cougar, a giant scary cat in the forest in oh, Canada. Oh, like like a cat. Yeah, big cat. Where was this? In Canada, in Vancouver Island, British Columbia. There are cougars in Canada? Yes. How? What? It's cold up there. She says, bad kitty. She tells the cougar, I will fight you, and yelled other things to see if it would leave, but it didn't leave. So she pulls out her iPhone and starts flipping through music that might scare away the cougar. And she lands on a Metallica song called Don't Tread on Me. The cougar cocks its head slightly as if listening and quickly ran away. Well, I hope she finds the help that she needs. Jane, could you play a little splice of Don't Tread on Me for the listeners? Would that scare you away, TJ? I don't do well with death metal. I did a little research, and there are other things that are now statistically proven to stay away when Metallica is playing on the radio. Jehovah Witnesses. Yes. Used car salesmen. Scorpion (laughs) clergymen. Adorable Girl Scouts selling cookies. And pigeons. Scorpios? (laughs) Scorpios. What did you say? (laughs) Who? Scorpions, the bug, like in the desert with oh, the big scorpion. stinger. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
What was after Scorpion? Clergyman. <laughs> oh, okay. I can see that. <laughs> I also have a song, George, that is not Metallica, but that is certain to keep TJ away. Okay, well, what's that? Oh, there's tons of things. Crowds, scrambled eggs, the smell of feet. Oh, my gosh. Yes, mm-hmm. disgusting. Women named Kathy. I can't <laughs> come across a TJ in the woods, you play the Lone Ranger and he'll run away? I'll just be like, rude and just like, saunter off. (laughs) 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 Alexandria, you have another story for our listeners, right? Nothing to do with coronavirus? I do. I do. So, police on lookout for a condom thief after he stole many boxes of condoms from an (laughs) Ohio CVS. This very sexually responsible thief stole over $1,500 worth of condoms from CBS. Oh, my gosh. I was really fascinated by this story because I know a lot of people that needed to steal $1,500 worth of condoms because they got way too many babies. Say what you want, theft or not, this man was not trying to procreate. If this man is stealing condoms, he probably knows he can't afford babies. He's helping out the economy. I applaud this man. (laughs) Oh but my god, that police, is so many. They're like, so what? How much do condoms cost? A dollar or two a piece? No way. There's no way. I think That's almost a thousand pre- condoms, I'd assume. I don't know. Back in the day and in college when I was buying them, they were three dollars a box. And there's like how many in there? Three? I imagine how many boxes that is. His arms would have been so full. He would have needed bags. How did he leave with that many packages? said that he bought garbage bags. He was a man with a plan. In the surveillance video, the guy brought a garbage bag and filled it with boxes and boxes of condoms. And then after that, he just walked out of the store with the bag in hand. I'm more fascinated that he just stole condoms and he didn't like grab Gatorade or snacks or anything else. This man knew what was up. He was prioritizing. I did some quick math. George, and according to UndercoverCondoms.com, condoms on average cost about 58 cents per. So our friend stole 2,586.2 condoms. That is just so many. I want to know why. He has some big intentions for his weekend. How many people is he hooking up with? Maybe he's concerned with coronavirus and wears one on each finger. <laughs> I'm going with youth pastor with a lot of horny teens. That <laughs> that sounds like the you most. You made it possible. sound weird. Speaking of horny what? teens, TJ, have you been watching the Tiger King? Oh my gosh, Will, I've been watching. Alex has as sure well. Did. Yeah. This show is on Netflix and yeah. has basically swept the nation. Everyone's talking about it. I've seen it myself now. And I will say, despite the crazy antics, I actually think it's a really well done documentary. So, oh, TJ yeah. and Alex, give us your review of The Tiger King. 
So Netflix, what the hell? What yeah. the hell did you have me watch? <laughs> <laughs> In a work group chat conference, it was recommended that we watch Tiger King when we get a chance. You know, Don't you work I get for the youth opera? I work for the education department of the opera, but you know, opera employees are also mature. They have a diverse palette. Your coworkers put you up on some of the best stuff. They did not disappoint with Tiger King. I watched it in one day. There's this documentary on Netflix called Tiger King. It starts out as a documentary about a man named Joe Exotic. He basically runs a big cat petting zoo where you can come and visit his property, see these tigers and exotic cats, cats that nobody has any business owning. He has them in a cage for you to look at. Then you meet a man by the name of Doc Antle, who clearly is running some sort of weird-ass harem, and I think we need to save those women. And he also has cats. And then in comes a lady named Carol Baskins, who also runs a similar thing. But Miss Baskins is the person who purchases the cats once they become too old, because after they get past 12 weeks old, basically they are in attack mode because they want to eat human flesh. She rescues them, and she, like, gives them this rescue resort for these tigers to chill out at. Carol is the one that I'm hooked on because <laughs> she's one spells it with an E. So you know something's up. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's like, oh, I've never seen an E at the end of Carol. So I'm just like, okay, there's something that this woman has done. And sure good. enough, we get to the third or fourth episode. It turns out her husband has been missing since the 2000s or 90s. When we're introduced to Carol, she's the angelic I saved the cats lady. Hello, crazy cats and kittens. That is her yes. saying. She is convincing people that she really cares about these cats and she's protecting them for this Joe Exotic and the Doc Antles of the world. Then you find out the girl had a whole past that involved a man named Don Lewis. He was married to her. Now no one can find him. She also owns big cats. He's dinner. It's not my place or my ministry to say what that woman did. We just know he's not around. We know that he had a wife and two children prior to being with Carol. Somehow, Miss Carol won him over. He left his family with nothing and left it all to Carol. And then he went missing. It, like, takes five years for you to be declared dead legally. On five years and one day... Miss Baskins declared her missing husband dead. And then as a result of claiming him dead, now you can collect his millions. So Miss Baskins came into a lot of money, a lot of tigers, and a lot of land. So sis is living good. Things don't sound right over there. I say it's in the sardine oil. I want to chime in here. This is a huge phenomenon. There are some wonderful characters in it. 
big cat people are a huge theme. It's legal in America to effectively own a large cat, whether or not you're a rescue, whether or not you're a part of a zoo. And they say the big cat people are crazy. And big cat people are crazy. So, yes. TJ, tell me some of your observations. What did you learn watching this show? Are you about to go out and get a tiger for your apartment now? Uh, hell no, because then Carol would be after me, and then I might either end up in jail or dead, and I just can't risk that right now. I'm too busy. I can't deal with a cat You're right busy. now, or Carol. And to summarize it for listeners, there are big cat people who are basically for-profit businesses that breed mm-hmm. cubs, so you can pay three, $400 to come cuddle with a baby tiger. Then there's Carol Baskins, who's a bit of an anti-hero. She has a rescue where she rescues circus tigers and other sort of animals from some of these private rescues. And we're not sure if Carol is a murderer. We're not sure if Carol is good or evil, but she ends up sort of becoming the hero of this series, I would say. My favorite thing about this show is that it sounds like something the character Stefan, Bill Hader's character in Saturday Night Live, (laughs) would have made up as a reality show in that it has tigers it has a menage a trois and the character joe exotic makes his own music videos they are fantastic they are well produced he writes and sings in his own videos the guy is a complete narcissist so i do highly recommend the show if if you're quarantined i think everybody should watch tiger king they have been released this week that it is not he that has written or sang this music He's got like a ghostwriter situation going on. Yes, I saw that as well. Let's hear a clip of Joe Exotic singing about a tiger. Tell all the hunters to lay down their guns. Tell them that the tiger needs a little bit of love. Let them run the jungle. Let them roam their land. Then stand back and marvel What a beautiful cat Cause I saw a tiger Now I understand I saw a tiger Tiger saw man Let's talk about that lyric. I saw a tiger and a tiger saw man. It sounds really profound, but he's not saying anything. I've been singing that all week. I can't you know, <laughs> like I'll be singing it while I'm in the car, while I'm taking a shower, while I'm at the grocery store, social distancing, and people like give me look. I agree. I think Joe Exotic's original music videos, George, it's as bad as the room where he takes yes. all this seriously and thinks it's good. Mm. I think I saw a tiger is my favorite song so far of twenty twenty. I'm gonna say it. Watch it. It'll be at top of the charts. Just watch. Just watch. I bet it already is. It's too much. Joe Exotic is full of crap. You have to watch Tiger King to believe it. I'm saying no. I am drawing a pop culture line in the sand. (laughs) Just like I did with the Kardashians. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm that's the edge of what I care about. I'm putting this Tiger Man outside of my realm. I would say that I'm with you that I don't love reality shows. I've not seen Duck Dynasty. I thought Honey Boo Boo was kind of terrible. But I will tell you, I'd love for you to watch the first episode of Tiger King and tell me if you're not a little bit intrigued and at the very least entertained at these filmmakers 
who I think the entire time are winking at us and effectively Mm -hmm. saying, isn't this guy completely ridiculous? This guy is 100% for real. And he is. He's such a good character, man. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say no. I'm, this is bad improv. I am no and hell no is my answer. I respect my eyes too much. George, this reminds me of a creative project you and I were once working on together. And I said, George, I think I quit. And you sent me an email that said, I don't accept your resignation. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Are you refusing my refusal? I'm refusing your refusal. I watched the Desperate Housewives of Atlanta. You can watch (laughs) one episode of Tiger King during your quarantine. Right, guys? Yeah. Um, I will succumb to peer pressure then. Okay, I'll give a report next week. TJ, you have a stand-up act. Yeah, I do. But you got to call me onto the stage. We're like, we're there. Okay, let's set the scene. So there's a brick wall and a microphone and a stool on stage. Does that sound right? Yeah. All right. So folks, TJ, as part of his quarantine challenge, said that he would finally write a stand-up act. It's something he's wanted to do for a really long time. And we are so excited because we are going to broadcast TJ's first ever stand-up performance on the Funniest People I Know podcast this week. I can't wait. Yay. So I'm going to go ahead and host the show. And Alex and George, if you guys will be the audience, hello. (laughs) Hello, dusty closets of Atlanta. How we feeling? Yeah. 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 Listen, uh, we are all under quarantine, but I have a brand new act for you. He is hilarious. You are going to love him. Folks, give it up for my friend, Tracy Jackson. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What up, Dusty Closets? How everyone's doing? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Man, so yeah. Uh, hey, I'm uh, TJ. I'm a gay white male living in Atlanta. So I represent at least half the population here. <laughs> um, so, uh, so this virus has turned all my friends into online yoga instructors, um, and I uh, am obligated to attend their classes since I'm a good friend. And I accidentally say I have nothing else going on. Just true. So I love to watch, you know, Lindsay tell all of us to relax into child's pose. And literally just last week, she was blackout drunk yelling at an Uber driver for missing a turn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, so I was attending Lindsay's yoga session the other day and she had like a good six people in there with five of us being her friends. And there was like some older guy, no one else knew in there too, which is kind of weird, but my friend is growing a online following. So <laughs> we're just like, we're all in this uh, Zoom conference and she's clearly reading off her yoga instructor cards while her former <laughs> military beefy boyfriend demonstrates all these poses on the camera, which is the main reason I'm there, if I'm going to be totally honest. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, hey, what up? Halfway through, I'm doing these hard-ass yoga poses, and I look at this old guy's screen, and he's just sitting there watching. So awkward. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, weird. And then I look at my friend Stacy's screen, and she's just there with her shirt off and nothing but a bra doing yoga poses. So I'm just like, okay, what is going on? 
I'm not saying that she was wearing like a sports bra or anything. It's like one of those bras that you see like a mannequin wear in the Victoria's Secret window. It's like hot pink and it's like actually kind of nice. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying girls can't wear anything they want to yoga because hashtag yes, she can. But Daryl was just straight up chilling watching my friend do yoga in her hot pink bra. After the Zoom, I was just like, hey, did anyone else just see Creeper Daryl just sitting there in creepo position just watching? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's Daryl. He said he had fun and would come back next week. And I was like, yeah, no, I bet he will be. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, that's my time. Good night, everybody. Wash your hands. Hey! TJ, TJ, that was really funny, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Based on true life events. I think you got a future. I mean, you could take that bit and tighten it up here and there. But overall, I thought you were really funny. You had us in stitches. What'd you think, Alex? I'm loving it. I'm feeling inspired. TJ, you were killing it on stage. Keep going. I want more sets from you this year. I'll attend more yoga sessions. Let you know how it goes. Yes. TJ, I would love to see another set if you're ever inspired to write another couple minutes. That was really solid. George, what are your thoughts? I think there's some good stuff in there. You can tighten it up and then write a second minute and we'll we'll hear the next minute of it. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I realized that last week we all gave what art we're creating during this quarantine, but you wimped out and just skipped and didn't answer. Mm. So what are you working on? Well, right now I spent the morning working on a parody uh, that is a praise band that has been asked to play at a senior high school prom. And they've taken popular songs and rewritten the lyrics to offer teams helpful advice on prom night when they love Jesus. And then I'm going to try to rewrite Funky Chicken. And I'm also doing a 30-day guitar challenge where every day I'm going to play the guitar for at least 20 minutes. Today was day one, and I played for 40 minutes. So that's my other thing. I'm going to try and get better at the guitar. Would you be willing to do it on Instagram Live? Every day? Yes. Do you think the world is ready for my hot cross buns? Yes. 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 Oh, my God. Is this just you just, like, practicing guitar? Like, oh, my God, I'm there for it. (laughs) World, stop. They're not ready, Will. Yes, give it to the people. If I have to watch Tiger King... (laughs) I've always considered myself a sort of mediocre youth pastor level of guitar. I don't think we've told this story on the show, but we were in Lawrenceville and we did four Broken 30 shows. And it was the last show of the last night. I think we were all pretty exhausted. And it was the finale number of the Meat Song, which we've played on the podcast. (laughs) And I come out there and I do the intro and I get a couple of laughs and I strum the first chord before I'm going to sing the lyric. And I completely blank. Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember. So I play the chord again and it's just not coming. And I remember thinking, Uh I mean, I've done this song a hundred times. I'll get there. I just couldn't remember the first lyric. It's gone. Well, thank God my friend George, the director and (laughs) co-creator of Broken Dirties in the audience, because I said, hey, uh, folks, do you want to know a secret? And the audience said, yeah. And George, you told me later, you went, oh, God, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> I, I was real embarrassed for you. And I yeah. said, I completely forgot the first lyric. And the audience <laughs> laughed. And you were right there. And you go, goodbye, brisket. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's you what we're here for. Me. 
and I got through the song and uh, it was a beautiful moment. So that, that was a true story. So I'm trying to get better at the guitar. That's my 30 day challenge. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, you'll do that on Instagram live for the next 30 days. I think that's yes. great. I'll do that. And you watch tiger King and we'll be square. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. Our Instagram needs content. We're doing that. You got it. Yeah. Folks follow us on social media. We've actually been posting some really, really cool stuff on there. Ladies and gentlemen, for our interview segment this week, we have a very, very special guest who works for a public health organization that is based in Atlanta. Sarah, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Hi. We are all in our various closets across Georgia. Where are you right now? Um. Oh, God, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> so I'm actually at a friend's house. Oops. Oh! Oh, oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That is a misdemeanor in Fulton County. Mm -hmm. I know. As I was driving here tonight, I was like, I think I'm breaking the law. (laughs) Oh, man. Because this is not an essential service. We're writing our, our sketch show that's coming up. And I was like, yeah, this I don't think this counts. Au <laughs> contraire, Sarah. Yeah. Comedy is a very essential service right now, I would exactly. say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, that's is, a great point. Laughter is medicine, and medicine is essential during these times. Sarah, from a public health standpoint, what is it like in the office right now? Are you going in? So this is actually something that was kind of interesting about the large public health organization that I work for. A lot of businesses started closing about two weeks ago, or the entire organization didn't start teleworking until three or four days after everybody had already started. So we were still coming into the office. There was one point where we were sitting in a meeting, and I was 100% not six feet from my colleagues. We weren't following the guidelines sort of a do as we say, not as we do situation. Basically, people just started saying, I'm not going to come in. So the whole entire office was pretty much empty. I was very anxious the whole time. So the few people that were there, there's been a lot of pollen lately. And I was like having allergies. I was like in the office. And every time I had to cough, I would run to the bathroom because I didn't want anyone to hear me. <laughs> so nervous that people would get upset. But now we're at full-time telework. And I'm actually going to start helping out with the coronavirus response. Working as a public health professional, I'm going to be working on that. So right now I'm working in my regular job, but I will be helping out with that. But still from full-time health work, like nobody's allowed to go into the office. Wow. Being is the new farting. Like every time you got to do it, you got to go to the bathroom or you make everybody else nervous. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I would rather fart right now and think up the whole office and cough. Like that's literally oh. what I know that this group of national employees who work for the common good are probably a little more busy than usual right now. Is there anything that you found remotely funny or humorous? Oh, my God. Yeah. One of the biggest issues is our network can't handle all these people. Every time we're on a Zoom call or video chat or something, and it's always specifically one of my colleagues she will freeze in this really unfortunate position, but like her <laughs> voice will keep going. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's just beautiful. Like I'm just making my day right now. <laughs> Watching yeah. her with her mouth like half open, looking like she's about to eat a sandwich. And then it's like, like you hear the like, 
her speaking behind it. It's just lovely. But yeah, yeah. a lot of like the Zoom calls have been really funny. Um, and pretty much like all the technical difficulties that we're having. It's yeah, and we're supposed to like check in in this system, and the system always crashes, and everyone's like, "No, we could never have predicted that." And you're like, "But you could have, of course." You could. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, our whole job is to prepare for this sort of activity, right? I understand that nationally there are some supply chain issues and there's issues with doctors and nurses and people getting sick, and there's a lot of things to figure out. Has anyone floated, to your knowledge, any really bad ideas? Well, our president suggested we all wear scarves today, so that was a fun one. Like just fashionably or as masks? As masks. He said, well, everybody has scarves, and scarves are good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sure. Like, but, yeah, I mean, I think, like, all at the beginning, like, when people didn't really know what to do, and not necessarily, I'm not even talking about my organization, but just, like, all around when people didn't know, like, to do, I think there were tons of confusion, mm-hmm. and I definitely think that there were some funny ideas that people did try to keep their businesses open, like setting chairs really far apart or, you know, like closing down like half of the theater and the movie theater. (laughs) And then everyone sits six feet apart and you're like, that's not going to like humans are humans. They're going to like that up. Everyone keeps and everything up. (laughs) But this is interesting though. I was reading an article today about Sweden and how Sweden, they're basically keeping everything open and they're just telling old people to stay home. And they're kind of like, we trust our public. We trust our people. And I find really interesting. Um, As a public health person, are you surprised to see how many people didn't know how you're supposed to wash your hands? So I used to work in hand washing when I was at Emory. And no, I actually wasn't surprised because nobody washes their hands around. Ew. You don't... It's gross, yeah, but if you watch people in the bathroom or anywhere, really, I mean, that's kind of weird to, like, watch people in the bathroom, but... Is that what you do? Is that I what do, it means to oh, work I, in hand-washing at Emory? I would judge them so harshly because I'd be like, your hands aren't clean. You have E. coli all over your hands. So you just wipe <gasps> Yes. And now you do wash your hands because people don't wash long enough because 20 seconds is actually a really long time. So I actually sing the happy birthday song in my head. I really do that. And I also think people don't always get the in between the fingers and stuff. With hand washing video, there's like 6 million views on it or something crazy like that. It's like one of the top viewed content right now because people are like, wait, how do I actually do (laughs) I'd like to know when doing the happy birthday song, is there a certain tempo you have in mind? And perhaps Mm. could you give us an example? Maybe we could all sing it together just to kind of give listeners an idea of how to do that. You know this is my yeah. most hated song. I do. <laughs> is it? That makes me want I to hate this song. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my like, same Griffith theme song to me is like a happy birthday song to George. Like, it's, <laughs> cringy. it's so cringy. Oh, wait, George, why do you hate it? It's just a bad song. For us to have picked a song as a culture for us all to learn and sing at everyone's birthday, it's like a horrible song. Everyone's always off tune. It's not a very interesting song. It's very repetitive. Yeah. I do not care yeah. for it at okay. all. But I well, sing okay. the alphabet yeah. song when I wash my hands. I do my ABCs. You sing the alphabet song? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, wait a second, though. Let's ask the healthcare professional. I don't know if that's adequate. It has to be the happy birthday song, right, Sarah? There's something about that specifically? 
Yeah, um, the happy birthday song is the correct link. Happy birthday twice. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know, George. I don't know. If, are you actually singing for 20, full 20 seconds? Because otherwise no. you're just E. coli. It's all the magic there. of the lyrics. <laughs> no, you better know he's racing through them ABCs. You know, when yeah, I get to element right. OP, it goes real fast. <laughs> <laughs> you accelerated element OP every time. Element OP, and then you go. Yeah, not good enough. Right. Not good enough. <laughs> Would you say about 60 beats per minute? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. And then I always sing it to, my, to myself. So I say, happy birthday, dear Sarah. So I just ah. sing it to myself. <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> to you. You always sing it to yourself? That's so funny. I do. I do, yeah. Because I don't want to say dear so-and-so mm-hmm. or dear whatever. I, you know, I need to have a person. So my well I think it's to Beyonce. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. That's 60 beats per minute. Is that a little slow? Oh, my goodness. That feels a little slow, but I think the longer the better, right? Well, Can you imagine I- a whole family singing that slow at a birthday party? <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my God! No. In honor of George, I'm just going to slow it down just a little to make sure that we get all the germs. Was this like some Tim Burton film? to you. How's that? Oh my God! All right. Well, you know, Sarah, I want to say thank you to you and your colleagues for the work that you do. And I think the point is, even though this is a comedy podcast, why should we take this whole thing seriously? I'm sure you guys have heard this, but um, it doesn't hurt to repeat. The biggest thing is that we don't want to overwhelm our healthcare system. Dave, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen, there's lots of the projections, especially for Fulton County came out today. Um, and there aren't enough beds, there's not enough ventilators, we don't have enough supplies. And even there was an article in the New York Times that came out today about the ventilators that we do have in our national stockpile aren't um, working. Um, so mm. the point is that we, so the point is that like, we need to do whatever we can to slow the spread. Eventually everybody's gonna get it pretty much. I mean, that's like, it's inevitable um, over the next 18 months, but we want that curve, that bell curve to be flat as it possibly can, instead of it being like a short and narrow one. Um, and then that means that the hospitals will actually be able to handle the, the amount of people that get sick. Um, because the other piece is that there's still going to be like car accidents and, and births and, um, people are going to get sick from other heart attacks. They have their regular influx of diseases. And then this one on top of it, they didn't plan for so the point is that we're just trying to keep a large amount of people out of the healthcare system. And so that's why we should do whatever we can, which is social distance and washing our hands, disinfecting services that we touch on a regular basis. So like our phones or our door handles, or I always disinfect my, you know, in my car when I get in and out of it. And make sure that you're staying home and staying away from large crowds. And when you do go out, maintaining it, but distance, because then that's how basically... It's really gross to think about, but that's how far respiratory droplets will go when somebody coughs or even, like, speaks, mm. right? That's how far the, the droplets will go. So, 
Um, that's why you're trying to maintain those six feet distances. For example, I have a friend that she went shopping, grocery shopping at 45 in the morning to stay away from people. So doing things <laughs> like that, even though it might feel uncomfortable, um, taking those steps will really make a difference. And the people that actually work in the hospitals will thank you. I think we should all wear hula hoops on suspenders when we leave the house. Yes. I want to bring back the hoop skirt. I mean, yeah, like you can hide a lot under those hoop skirts. (laughs) (laughs) You could probably hide 1,500 condoms under a hoop skirt. Thank you and good luck. We are so glad that you came on the show to inform our listeners and to inform us. And uh, we're going to keep bringing the funny every week from our tiny closet. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Thank you to Sarah. I know this is a tough time. Take good care of yourself. This has been another episode of the Funniest People I Know podcast. Have yourself a hilarious week. Bye. 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 Bye.